This is the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Gamaney along with Colin Ward. Big, big week coming up here uh, in the Ontario Hockey League. The unofficial end to the first half of the Ontario Hockey League season. Christmas break is where we kind of draw that line. So one yeah. more week, one more weekend to go before we hit Christmas and some big games coming up this week with with a lot of teams fighting for positioning heading into the Christmas break and towards the new year. So that will be a big topic of discussion on this week's show. Uh, Of course, we'll get to our thoughts on this past weekend and our want slash need, maybe more need, you could say, um, for divisional realignment. Um, Yeah, let's let's get that going. Um, Canada's World Junior roster for the um, selection camp came out a day after we recorded, but we'll get to it on this week's show. Of course, we'll look at Players of the Week as well. And then Colin Ward with an interesting discussion on a conversation we had last week uh, regarding crossover games or mid-season tournaments but not really playing for a trophy i got it written down to make it make sense (laughs) (laughs) attaboy i have it written down (laughs) Uh, of course we'll go over games that caught our eye this past weekend that'll kind of be thrown into our overall thoughts on the weekend Um, we'll look ahead to this coming week and weekend as we head towards christmas as well as the power rankings um second last edition before the holidays but first calling some Stuff we got to chat about that we were made aware of on Saturday. Yep. Um, and this is how we'll really you kind of figure it is getting around the holidays uh, in the Ontario Hockey League is uh, the KW record. Uh, Josh Brown always sends out his yeah. or publishes his OHL 21 movers and shakers. It's essentially a look at some familiar and lesser known folks around uh, the OHL making a difference, uh, one from each team. Of course, there's a little, an extra one with it being OHL 21. Um, and I'll give I'll give credit to Josh because I essentially just read his tweet there. Um, but you can you can look it up. It's on the record.com. Um, if you're wondering what number 21 is as he goes through all 20 teams, uh, 21 is us. Uh, yeah. Josh Brown giving us a giving us a shout out uh, on this year's edition of OHL 21 Movers and Shakers. So just want to yeah. shout him out as well. Um, again, when you think of writers around the Ontario Hockey League, um, he's probably the first or second name that you Big think time. of um, when it when it comes to writers around the OHL and who you will see around the absolutely southwestern ontario region of the ontario hockey league so um, there's nobody more dedicated there's someone more detailed in their writing so than uh, yeah. josh brown is for sure yeah i've been covering the rangers for uh for quite a bit now so i just wanted to give him a shout out and again for everybody uh who wants to find the article again it's uh the record.com of course you can also look up the link on twitter you gotta scroll back a bit the rangers had a three and three over the weekend but um, it is up on his Twitter account at Brown Record. Uh, if you want to find that article, or of course, like I said, therecord.com. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that shout out there, Josh. And um, yeah, it just makes us uh, feel grateful, I guess, to um, be able to cover a great league. It's always nice to get the recognition. I mean, we put in a lot, Reese, and uh, really appreciate that. Um, that's great. And it's, it's kind of uh, cool. 
it's kind of yeah. cool to be uh, recognized by someone like Josh. That actually makes it more special, you know, because like Josh Brown, everyone knows who Josh Brown is. Um, great writer, highly respected writer around this, around the Ontario Hockey League and in the CHL. Um, he's covered a lot of big events um, in the Ontario Hockey League, not just for the Rangers. So uh, it's pretty special to uh, to see this um, and to come across this. Uh, that was that means a lot, and um, can't wait to see. I was hoping um, Josh would have been around on Saturday at Civic Center, um, but uh, wasn't there unfortunately. So hopefully, we can get the Civic Center. We can get to the odd this year um, and uh, catch up and uh, thank him in person for this because it's uh, greatly appreciated. And um, thanks a lot, Josh. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well said. Um, and by the way, our trip to the odd this year happened uh, on the eighth, and we we didn't see the article till the ninth. So. Um, by the way, Kitchener still outstanding in that, uh, in that media room. Keep, uh, oh, keep, that media keep room. kicking butt because, uh, yeah. it's not only, um, I mean, the food spread is obviously nice, the people, <laughs> um, but you get all the people and it's, it's a lot bigger than I thought. I thought it was smaller the first time I went in it and it very well could have been, they might've expanded it a little bit, but yeah, uh, when they added that new addition on, of course, um, I believe that partially included an upgrade to the, um, to the media room. So you've got all the history there behind me where I was sitting, you had the old programs um, from Rangers games in the past. Um, of course you had the mural of, uh, of the late great Don Cameron um, in, in the media room as well. Uh, of course, well, Don Cameron media room. There you go. Um, yeah. Which by the way, um, we're going to correct ourselves from a few shows ago because Ted Lehman pointed this out and I can't believe we didn't even think of it. Um, that media award will be named the Don Cameron media award when it happens one day. I am yes. a firm believer in that. Um, Jimmy Gilchrist by far, he's up there 3000 games, still one of the best ever due to the Ontario yeah. hockey league. Um, but Don Cameron over 4000 games for the Kitchener Rangers. Um, yeah. it, it will be the Don Cameron media, uh, award. So, uh, um, 100%. Yeah. Just the, just the history in the, in the media room there. And I mean, um, as, as members of the Bulldogs, I don't want to say staff, but um, media party, you could say, um, you know, there was very few of us and and a lot of people from the from Kitchener. But it's just cool to see that 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 place was packed. Um, yeah. And it, and it was also cool to see Jay McKee, Andreas Carlson catching up with uh, some old friends, some old acquaintances uh, from from their Rangers days. So all in all, a uh, uh, it's always a pleasant experience. I think when you, when you get to the Kitchener Memorial auditorium and Absolutely. well, I think for us, Colin, we really appreciated how warm it was in there yeah. from what we have it's to sit through in Brantford. So that was, that was a nice, update. Yeah. I mean, we watched the game from, from Waterloo, but um, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's still a great view from up top. And once it got five minutes in the scoreboard came on, but uh, no, the, the Kitchener odd. And by the way, why was oh, that it not place. sold out on a Friday? Like, it's just been weird? like that, man. Like, it's just been like Friday that the last couple years. Brantford? Yeah, but the last couple years, Kitchener's been like that until the playoffs and the playoff runs. Kitchener's kind of been like that. It's been odd. I know. I thought of that too. And then the last couple of years, I remember talking to a couple of locals throughout the baseball season, the IBL season. I was like, yeah, we just can't, we just can't understand why, like, we don't get the walk up like it was a couple, like, pre-covid it's just interesting like there's some games because i remember last year the bulldogs played there it was single game tickets um that game was sold out so i was surprised about that 
um, on Friday for sure. I thought there'd be more, a little bit more uh, butts and seats there, but what an arena. I tell you, I don't think there is an, I know everyone loves Budweiser Gardens, but there is not an arena like Kitchener to get excited to go into. Kitchener is the most exciting arena to go to in the Ontario Hockey League. Um, I don't think there's an arena that has more like junior hockey feel, but big time feel, but like old school hockey feel. You know, it's got every single feeling in that arena. And, I just, if anyone that hasn't been to the yard that can make the trip to Kitchener or wants to make the trip to Kitchener, let this inspire you. Go to that arena. Go to that arena and go watch a game. That place is incredible. I honestly truly believe there is not a bad seat in the house. Mm-hmm. There's not a bad seat in that house. Um, it's incredible. I love that place. So that arena, I tell you, like, we're lucky how Civic Center Reese is kind of like, just the one a mini auditorium, like Kitchen Memorial Auditorium, where it's like above where the fans are on you. We're lucky to have that in Brantford. But, man, Kitchener, like, that place is incredible. I love that arena from the media, from the media room to the ushers, the security in that arena. Everyone's top-notch there. Um, that place is great. And, um, yeah, very lucky. Um, it's always exciting to make the trip of the Bulldogs are there. And hopefully when, one night when the Bulldogs aren't playing, make a game, uh, run up to Kitchener and try to uh, watch a game from there. It would be nice yeah. because that place is unreal. And uh, the media room there, every game, it's better. I remember when the Bulldogs were there in the preseason, Reese, and um, it's at the game, and they had a media room in the preseason. Like, Kitchener is always the top. And I think, honestly, if we asked a media member from every single team in the Ontario Hockey League, they would have at least – 15 out of 20 would say Kitchener at least, at least it's incredible. It's spectacular. Um, But uh, yeah, what a weekend in the OHL that it was. And uh, the Rangers have a heck of a team there. Um, When they turn that. Yes. Roman Schmidt. I've always loved Roman Schmidt. That guy's a horse. That guy's Arbor Jack. I this year in the Ontario hockey league, Um, any team that's playing Kitchener in the first round or in any time in the playoffs and down the stretch here, I can tell you one thing about the Rangers this year that won't be the case like the years past in the seconds and third rounds. This is the team that isn't going to get pushed over. It happened last year at Windsor. We all know about that, what Kitchener did to Windsor. I think that this Rangers team, when they're not going to get pushed around right now, they're the toughest out in a playoff series in the league by far. If you had to pick a toughest out, for a team, any team to match against Kitchener. One, you throw Swick in front of the net anytime you're going to score. You're not going to move to that oak tree. You're not going to move him. Um, you're just not going to. Big, strong guy. Love his game. Um, Ray Cop is highly, highly skilled. Um, the out, outing that he's having this year, you could see it coming. I would imagine if you're a Rangers fan or covering the team, you could see this coming now. Um, Carson Raycoff's always scored, had a knack for scoring big goals before this year. Then now this year, it's just the guy's just nasty. Um, Matthew Sop, um, they're just a good team. They're a well balanced team. And I mean, obviously, the defenseman of the year, Hunter Bustavich, as well. I don't think, I think this week, out of anybody, I love Roman Schmidt's game. I always have, and I like Swick's game. Those two mm-hmm. guys, I always love their game because they're men. You can't teach what they do. But the things that Brostevich does, Reese, like this week, I really got an appreciation to see how good this guy is. 
like the progress he made from last year to this year, we saw him make progress going into the playoffs last year in that Windsor series. He was like, oh, hey, this guy's going to be nasty next year. Like we could see that. I remember you mentioned a couple of times, Reese, watching that series against London in that second round where it's like, Bristevich is still a star. Like Kitchen didn't win that series, but he was a star. He was a star in that Windsor series this year. He is the star of the OHL on the back end. Um, no ands if buts about that. And he can shoot the puck. He's got the poise. And honestly, you're looking at a steal right now um, in the draft, in the National Hockey League draft where he was as well, looking back to last year. I mean, he's just a heck of a player. And it's too bad, you know, in the Bulldogs, we couldn't really talk to him. But it's a question that I would love to ask someone in Kitchener about Rostevich. If there's a little bit of animosity there, how's he feeling? after this snub from the U.S. camp. I want to know how he feels about this because he's nasty. He's poised with the puck. He never turns the puck over. And the game just slows down to him. And that's the best part about watching Bristevich play. The internal clock in his brain is so slow. but And the way he comprehends the game, it's so smooth. And he's never out of the play. He's never out of position. He controls the game whenever he's on the ice. And if you have a defenseman like that, any team in the league would draw a defenseman to have a guy like that on the team. Um, he's a heck of a player. So I was pumped with what I saw from Kitchener this week. Power rankings will be interesting later, but I just had to mention that with the Rangers. Um, they're worth the hype. They're worth the hype. And can I just say the I word on the thing? Because you're the I word. Uh, I'm the I word for not having them where I did on the preseason rankings. Um I cannot believe you how just say it, Morty. I cannot believe how <laughs> dumb I was not putting the Rangers in the top uh, fifteen in the power rankings. I cannot believe that they're well coached, they're well structured, they're high offensive team, they're men, which is the biggest part. Honestly, they're men. They're not going to get pushed around. This team's not going anywhere, um, and they're very good defensively. Though those are the things that are huge, and I'm telling you. The goaltending, I think, is I think that's the one thing you're going to question. Can Parsons handle the load? Can Malba handle the load? I think that duo though can. I think a duo of Malba and Parsons rotating, having that rotation, can handle that. And I think it's a lot like the um, Chai on Parsons thing a couple years ago, where remember how they would just rotate? They never had number one goalie. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that they should do there because Malba came in and played great on Friday night. He won them that game. Um, Tristan Malbuff, he played amazing. And I think that's the, and Parsons has played some great games as well. Sunday against Guelph. I think that's the situation there that they really need to have in Kitchener and rotate that. And I think in the playoffs, you may see some rotation as well. Um, But that's a good problem. That's a good problem in that. But I really like the Rangers right now. I really like the Rangers. And that's one thing that really caught my eye this weekend. Um, Kitchener is the real deal. And uh, I just had to mention that because they're really good. And um, they're going to keep this going. That train's not stopping because they're not losing really anybody after the, at the world juniors. Yeah, no, it's, and it's, it's funny. Cause we, I think we almost talked about this um, on the dog cast, at least um, when, when Branford welcomed Sault Ste. Marie to the civic center, we're like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like, like these guys are men. And you, had the, and you had that same feeling with the Kitchener Rangers. Like they're, built a lot like very similar on the back end you have giants man part of your team like and i mean (laughs) it's not really a comparison in size when it comes to the guys in the net because shankle and miller are massive like two ben bishops for the sioux greyhounds 
Um, whereas, you know, you have Parsons and Malbuff, who are, they're not small guys by any means, but they don't take as much as the net as, as Miller and Shankle do. So you have to maybe challenge a little bit more than, than the two guys in the Sioux do. But, you know, it's, it, it's the same when it comes to the back end. And when you, that, that saying where, yeah, defense wins the championships. That's how you get to the top in, in hockey. Well, that could easily be very well be the case for, for the Sioux Greyhounds and the Kitchener Rangers. Cause they've 100%. got, they've got the defense to, to really go seven games in, in any series in the, in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, and I mean it's unfortunate we're done with both of them at least personally unless like you said we go we go to the odd um, maybe to get on to an off day spot. for for the Bulldogs but um, yeah at least with Sue maybe we'll go see Sue and Kitchener if that's still a thing that's um, this Friday that's a heck of a game this Friday we this the, Friday damn we have the teddy yeah. bear game oh, yeah this geez. yeah no this Friday that's the game of the year anyone that's why I was trying to hint on that about earlier about if you have a chance to go to the odd. so so we what know what we're gonna have our, yeah we know what we're gonna have on our laptops during the Brantford game just as oh, a backup absolutely. <laughs> oh absolutely but, yeah that's uh that's that's David versus David not David versus yeah. Goliath that's David versus yeah. David so that hey that's seven game series honestly that's the Man. only thing as of now as of now pre-trade deadline that's the only thing keeping Sault Ste. Marie and Kitchener from not winning the OHL championship as of now is if those two teams just beat each other up and some team like how Hamilton did a couple years ago can finally take advantage of the Eastern Conference and cruise through. That's the only way they have a chance of beating a team in the West this year. Yeah. I'm just gonna I'm quite I'm just gonna say it. Um when you look at the standings in the Western Hockey League teams, or the, I guess the Western Conference League teams that we've saw play. I meant to say the Western League, but you know what? <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Uh, conference. But when you look at that Western Conference League team play, every team, like every team, Kitchener, they can battle it. They can battle with the best one, as we saw. Sault Ste. Marie, those two teams are up top. Um, Saginaw's, a, Saginaw's a monster, obviously, Memorial Cup host. Um, Guelph's a team that look out. If Guelph gets Cam Allen back and they're in fourth place, yeah. That team's not an easy out. You're looking, and then London in the five spot. You imagine a Guelph London first round again, <laughs> like well, not again, but we've saw it before. That would be incredible. Like, what a series that would be. Gillespie's playing his butt off this year in net for Guelph. And so I'll quickly mention this before you continue. Sorry to cut you off. There's a poll on no, the no, OHL I'll get it. website. Those yeah, there's a poll on the OHL website right now. Which of the following undrafted for? Um, OHL goals against leaders has impressed you the most so far. Choices are Andrew Oak, Colin McKenzie, Brayden Gillespie, and Jackson Parsons. Uh, Parsons is number one with 49%. Gillespie is number two with 24 Um That's and, I mean, Oak in third and then McKenzie, McKenzie down in fourth. 180 votes total so far. Um, but that just, that just kind of tells you – a, how good the Rangers have been, um, not only putting the puck in the net, but also keeping it out. Um, and then to your point about the Guelph Storm, like you said, they get Cam Allen back. That's even more support for Gillespie um, yeah. in, in front of them. So, you know, when you – and then, I mean, Saginaw, I think, still has a move for two to make. It wouldn't surprise me. But um, that that just shows you the strength of of the Western Conference in the Ontario Hockey League and um, – you know, I don't, I don't want to say it's back to normal or back to the way it used to be, but it kind of is because that's yeah. you're seeing these Western conference juggernauts dominate a lot of games. So, 
Um, it's, it's just interesting that that poll came up as we, as you were chatting about that. So I just wanted to, to get that up here, but, um, what I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you mentioned that because I want to, I would quickly want to mention this. Talked about undrafted goalies right at the next level. One goalie I want to keep in mind, keep an eye on. And I know this is an opportunity here where if this team sells, if this team sells, which is probably going to happen in the Peterborough Peets. Liam Stushka. You look at the numbers this year. In terms of getting like having him drafted or moved? Moved. Okay. I think that's a I think that's a piece where a filler that can be a really good goaltender down a stretch for a good team. Um 910 save percentage, 3.33 goals against in 18 games, seven and six. Every time I've saw him play this year, he's been great. Every time I saw him play this, he's been great. For a team that's on the slide to have a 9-10 state percentage, to me, is pretty good. Yeah. Um, and that's why I just think, watch out for him. He's an 0-4 born, right? So, 0-8 year next year. Use that 0-8 spot. That's a good value pickup for a team that needs a goaltender. Possibly the Oshawa Generals. We don't know. But um, the Oshawa Generals need a backup goaltender by far because I'm worried they're going to run Oster out of gas. So, uh I'm that's one team there to watch for, but I just think um with the way Stuska's played, I just want him to get his dues as well. And I mean, obviously not in that category with those guys, but he's right there, man, and he's played great this year. Yeah. Uh all right, a couple of more headlines to get to um around the Ontario Hockey League from the past yeah. week. Um, I mean, this isn't a, this isn't an OHL headline, more of a CHL headline, but uh Ramuski is gonna host the 2025 Memorial Cup. Um, which actually let's, um, I'm quickly going to Google maps this because, um, I will have a wedding to go to in Montreal, Quebec for my cousin in the spring of 2025. And I want to say it's in May. Hmm. What are the odds? Hey, May too for everyone's something to do, right? Have a party. Yeah. So the drive from Montreal to Ramouski. Okay, a lot, a lot, a lot of people will say this is far. I'm not a lot of people because I've driven to Florida three times. Um, yeah, it's five and a half hours from Montreal. It's not terrible. I it's mean, not terrible. that's it's worth too, it in my too, opinion. I just don't. The only thing is, is, you can like, stay over for one night and experience the uh, experience yeah, it for one day. That's village. worth it. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's worth it. And I mean, that'll be a train trip. I have no interest at all to drive in Montreal. So yeah, that, no. that's going to be a train trip by far. Um, I'll Amtrak it from St. Catharines to Toronto and then via from Toronto to Montreal. Um, but, man, five and a half hours. It's only 539 kilometers. That's not far, is it? No. I, I, I can, get, can get there. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. So we'll see. But, uh, yeah, Ramuski Oceanic. Are going to host the Memorial Cup, and last time it was there, uh, Windsor Spitfires. I say were 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 pretty damn good. Um, yeah, they, were. they were the champions when uh, when it was last in Ramuski. So that will take place in 2025. Um, also, let's give a shout out to the Owen Sound Attack because these jerseys that they yes. are going to wear to honor the Owen Sound Grays, the 1924 Memorial Cup champions, yeah. those are fire i i just gotta say that they are unreal um like yes 
I'm all in for this. And it's absolutely, it's going to be a third Jersey for the remaining part of the 2023, 2024 season. So when we switch over to the colors being at home and the whites being on the road, um, so, so that will be what the attack will wear in a number of games after this week. Yeah. I mean, after this week, the right time happens. (laughs) Love that. So nine times they're going to wear it. First game will be Saturday, January 6th against the Guelph Storm. Um, so three times in January, three times in February, and three times uh, in March. So um, those those are going to be pretty sweet to see on the ice, pretty sweet to see on TV. Um, it's, yeah, like. Let's, Here's a scenario. These are for throwbacks. Big Here's thing. an idea. Here's an idea. Remember how we talked about a tournament between out of out of leagues, um, like an in season tournament type thing. Yeah. What do, you, what do you think of this? How about the Kitchener Dutchman? We have Owen Sound, Kitchener, Owen Guelph Sound with the Cornwall Royals. Yeah. London with a lot of nationals. Midwest. Man. That'd be. Yeah. That'd be cool, eh? Can, can we have, have a lot of lot of nationals? Like, uh, let's get. How about we? This here's an idea for the OHL. All twenty teams play on a Saturday. Um, yeah, this might be hard, but certain teams, I'm sure, have throwback whites. Yeah, but what if we just did all twenty teams in throwback jerseys one day? Man, you stagger does... games. You have them at one. Three, five, and seven. Retros. How do we not do reverse retros in the OHL? The NHL did it two years ago now. Like, how's the when's the OHL going to adapt to that? How late? Like, plus, how the, I, plus, I think the jerseys will be nicer because I thought a lot of the reverse retros sucked. They were horrible, including um, ours. Try it. Besides, and and by the way, whoever designed the Vegas Winter Classic jersey, like, come on, guys, that that's pretty bad. I know you don't have a throwback in <laughs> Vegas, but uh, <laughs> that's tough, guys. Like, yeah. But, Anyways, I just, think, I just think though that'd be perfect to do a retro thing like a reverse retro here in the OHL. Yeah, um, London with the Nationals go like green and white Nationals. Well, I mean, I mean, how much? How long Dutchman. are we? How long are we going to wait for an Alexander's jersey? I think that's Sometime. next year. Next year, yeah. next year the Bulldogs will have one. Well, and that's Bulldogs. what I'm curious because we have a retro night against the Spitfires. Yeah, the, we, the Bulldogs. I don't know if that's Alexander's or if that's. Eighties or seventies night or yeah, that'll be something else. But yeah, that'll be neat though. That'll be a good night if you're in the Brantford area on January twentieth. Get tickets for that. Yes. That'll be a good one. That, that's it'll be worth it. Um, exactly. I just want to mention here one thing, Reese. Yep, trade Marcus Vandenberg yes. from Niagara, the reigning goalie of the week, um, gets shipped out in no time after winning that award to the Sudbury Wolves for two third round picks. That's just Niagara. They had to recoup picks. They get two thirds. Had to get a couple picks back in the peanut butter peanut butter jar, um, <laughs> in the pick jar, I guess you could say. Uh, they had to get something there, so that's what happens there. Charlie Burns gets the call up. He's had a really good year, um, down in the GOJHL. So yeah, he's with been, Fort Erie, yeah, yeah, he's been good. So um, it's worth the call up, and we'll see what happens here with Niagara. It's Owen Flores' net now, um, for a little bit, and we'll see what Burns okay. can do. Well, so, well and that's the thing, like. Yeah, that's the thing. You're not carrying two OA goalies into a season. Um, you got to get value somewhere. Um, 
some people argue that it's, well, why'd you make the trade in the first place? Um, well, I can kind of see why, because if you have Flores peppered with 40 plus shots a game, every game, yeah. not that he would have played every game, but you, you get the idea. No, like, no, you'd be worse than you are right now. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. So, so they absolutely had to make some sort of deal dude. for, for a one B actually Vandenberg turned out to be. So, um, yeah, yeah, you could say, what was it? A second and fifth. I think they originally gave up for, yeah. for Vandenberg, something like that. Uh, Pretty even back two thirds. I mean, like those picks are kind of even in my opinion. Yep, yeah. Like you said, Wardy. So well balanced. Um, yeah, and it kind of worked out because the Ice Dogs were traveling to Sudbury. So, hey, free travel. There you go. Yeah, that's nice. Wolf save 50 bucks, maybe. I don't know. 100 bucks in gas. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's... Um, I'm just trying to think where we were going next. Um, actually, we're going to hit World Juniors in just a second here. Um, but let's get to the to the players of the week. Uh, around the Ontario Hockey League. We're going to start with Nick Lardis, the Brantford Bulldogs. Part of two of the more entertaining games, you could say, we're going to see in this in this OHL season. Uh, Bulldogs blow a 5-1 lead in Kitchener. Gain a point, but lose in overtime, 6-5. Next night, less than, well, actually about 24 hours later, um, Bulldogs... Go down 4-1 heading into the third. Kitchener blows it. Brantford wins 5-4 in overtime. Nick Lardis's hat-trick goal is the one that won it on Saturday. So Lardis gets five goals, two assists, seven points uh, on the weekend as the Bulldogs get five of a possible six points, uh, part of their three-in-three weekend. Um, also in consideration for the award, Jack Beck of the, uh, the uh, Sioux Greyhounds, three goals, four assists, uh, Greyhounds earned themselves six points over the weekend. Oliver Pierre, the Windsor Spitfires, also was very good. Three goals, four assists. Uh, Spitfires won a couple of games uh, over the weekend. So Oliver Pierre, who I'm still very much a huge fan oh, of. Oh, yeah. He has so much talent down there in Windsor. So um, he, he also had himself a, a really good weekend. Um, goaltender of the week up in Ottawa, Max Donoso. Couple of wins. Goals against average of 1.51. 88 saves total. The save percentage was at 957. He had three appearances last week slash weekend, and he was he was just phenomenal. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe I did see on the Ottawa 67's Twitter. Yes, I am correct. That is 50 career wins for Max Denoso over the weekend. So congratulations to him. Um, still, in my opinion, him and Colin McKenzie are um, a top four goaltending tandem Absolutely. in the Ontario Hockey League. So, um, and Denosa was was phenomenal. So, also in consideration, and this this was a wild stat. We were in Kitchener, and they had the leaders up on the um, on the video board pregame, and Ben Godro among the lead leaders in wins. I didn't even I didn't even realize it at all. So, uh, Godro of the Otters was two and zero goals against average of one. Save percentage of 961 wins against Niagara uh, and Guelph. And they they were Erie Otters are looking pretty good. The surprise team, like many people voted for. So yeah, they they're a heck of a hockey team. They work hard. They're well coached, and they got a good goalie. Yeah, they'll be that's a tough out. They'll look for them in the second half. That's an intriguing team to see what they do at the deadline. Absolutely. Um, 
be intriguing to see what how much they give off if they just stall, um, just stay where they are or uh, try to sell or buy. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah. Uh, all right. Where are we going? Let's go to Team Canada, Colin. Um, because snubs, um, yeah. obvious guys. Um, yeah, it was. Well, the roster was out, or the selection camp roster um, was announced last Tuesday. And then, of course, as this episode is airing, um, selection camp is, is currently going on. So um, it's it's an interesting, uh, I don't want to say interesting, that's not really the right word to use, but uh, it'll be a fun, that's a better way to put it, a fun four days um, for Team Canada World Junior Selection Camp uh in oakville and i'm just trying to pull up the uh schedule here um for all the events because i had it up and then i accidentally hit the stupid x uh to get rid of the window so um i'm just trying to get it up here it looks like 11 yeah so 11 ohlers um headed to world junior selection camp i forgot the total for a second um and they are well deserving for sure i think easily we could see david goyette on this list um should have been but but still, a lot of talented names. We see Jorian Donovan um, on a regular basis with the Bulldogs. Uh, we're talking about Easton Cowan, Oliver Bonk, uh, Denver Barkey from the London Knights, Owen Beck, the lone returnee um, from the Peterborough Peets. But maybe not when he gets back. We'll see. Yeah. I wonder if Shane uh, Wright goes from the AHL. Yeah. I doubt it. Yeah. Honestly, that I gave that some thought. Um, but in I just, the A, right? So yeah. Not, yeah. I don't it's I think I think Seattle, you're at that point where let's start playing against men here and start getting used to that. Yeah, it's a downgrade. Yeah. Absolutely. Um not that not not that going to the world junior championships is a bad thing at all because who the heck wouldn't want to play there again? But yeah. um yeah, uh Ty Nelson's here, Carson Rakoff. Uh, there as well, Paul Ludwinski, Dom DiVincentis, um, Allard's there from, from the Sioux Greyhounds, and then Bushinger uh, from the Guelph Storm. Um, Colin, let's start with with someone that wasn't on this list, and David Goyette being that guy. Um, yeah. you know, your thoughts on that and why, I guess, that's the best way to put it. Like, is you, Do you think there's a particular reason? Because I don't see any reason why... He shouldn't even get a look at selection camp. Yeah, it's surprising. Um, it's definitely a shock that he's not there. I thought for sure David Goyette would get the would get the opportunity to go play for uh, Team Canada. I mean, centerman that can I think can play the both ways. We saw when he first came up, be it really good in his own end and make good plays. Um, very surprising. Very surprising that he's not there. I think for Sudbury's benefit, though, out of this, they're going to really improve. Um, their team's going to be really yeah. good over the break. They're going to get a lot of points. So that's a team where we, at a month's time from now, at the deadline, you can look at them being the top team in the Eastern Conference, no problem. Um, with the amount of picks, the amount of players they're not going to lose, um, and the roster depth that they're going to have over that time, they're going to add a lot of points. Um, that's a plus for them. But for the kid, I mean, you want to be there. Um, yeah. You don't even want to talk about that, but he's on pace for 105 points in 68 games in the Ontario Hockey League. He's on 43 right now in 28 games. Tough. It's a it's um it's a tough one um for him not to make the team for sure. Um, but there's gonna be a lot of talent here next week at this time when we're talking about guys that who didn't make the team from the OHL. Yep. There's gonna be a lot of talent that aren't gonna make the team, so we know that. And 
it's tough. I mean, I know you want the opportunity. Um, definitely deserve getting the opportunity. But it's just sometimes the way it goes, and it, it definitely it sucks. And I mean, for the kid, you know, you're devastated. Um, it's something you grow up, you want to do your whole life, right? Like hmm. every time to be considered, like you know, you want to go. Um, and you're definitely thinking about it, but it's definitely tough. And the Ontario Hockey League, um, and the Sudbury Wolves are definitely shocked. Um, definitely shocked that he's not there for sure. Uh, the way camp is kind of set up, of course, you had the 10th, you had the 11th, um, you know, with with all the tests and practice and, and all of that. Um, and then, of course, U sports games taking place, uh, one already in the books, actually, uh, on the 12th and then um, the 13th. That is a noon uh, start time. And of course, that can be uh, that can be streamed live hockeycanada.ca or if you want to make it down, if you've got nothing to do in the middle of a Wednesday, um, you can purchase your tickets. It's 25 bucks uh, per game. Um, or if you want to go to both, it's 40. So um, if you went to, if you are going to both, I hope you enjoyed the first one. Cause that one's already in the books. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like you said, Colin, we're going to have the exact same chat, but a little different because people are going to be cut. Unfortunately, that, um, that trademark hotel door knock, yeah, you, you could say. So um, whether you know it's it's something you like, something you don't like, it's just that's Team Canada World Juniors and getting ready for it. So that's uh, that's something we'll be looking at uh, come next week. Uh, Colin, we got a little bit of time here to just kind of maybe highlight one or two games um, that kind of caught our eye over this past week, and then we'll hit the break before we get to your point about the. Uh, about the interleague or mid-season round yeah. robin tournament style ish play um, between the Q, the O, and uh, and the Dub, um, big one for me. And I think this was part of um, what I was trying to say last week about the London Knights about getting on top of teams that are ahead of you in the standings and starting to pick up points against those high-powered offense defense. Um, and and that was that was shown firsthand on the eighth on uh, on Friday. Took Absolutely. down the Saginaw Spirit at Budweiser Gardens by a score of seven to three. So you put up seven on Saginaw. Uh, I would say you will likely Solid. win, but you had a pretty, pretty damn good night. Um, so that was a big one that I really enjoyed. Um, yep. You know, I watching the replay, of course, um, or or some snippets of it here and there, just because of us being in Kitchener. But I thought that one uh, was pretty big. I thought Peterborough to finally kind of maybe stop the slide a five, two victory against Ottawa um, in Ottawa on, on the eighth as well. Yeah, on Friday. Split. So yeah, you split that. And it's, it's funny that they got the one on the road and then um, fell on a close one at home, but um, you know, a five, two decision in that one, I thought Peterborough, that was, that was a game that in order to get back on the right track. And I know we're going to see guys being moved out um, in the coming weeks, but I think you, you got to get any points necessary or that you can, right now and i yeah. thought that that was a big one to at least get one against the 67s absolutely and i mean first for me i gotta go um with the win that sudbury had over kingston on sunday eight four at home sudbury needed a game like that they just break open score eight in a game sudbury needed the game they're starting to flash their mighty there um so that's a big one that's kind of catches your eye right away right when you see eight to four over kingston for sudbury that's kind of like oh hey are they starting to play to their potential now that everyone really thought they would be at the start of the year? Possibly. So that's something to watch. And they kind of remind me of a team like Peterborough last year where all of a sudden you get in the playoffs and you catch fire. Yeah. Um, 
in the Sudbury Wolves. So that's an interesting one. That's a team that's going to go all in as well. And then honestly, the two games, the home and home, Brantford and Kitchener. Yeah. That was junior hockey. Two buildings that were electric all weekend. Um, two teams, the comebacks that was 5-1 Brantford leads on Friday night and loses in overtime. Then 4-1 Kitchener lead, leads in the third period and loses that in overtime to Brantford. That was junior hockey to a T. If there isn't a fan in the Ontario Hockey League or the CHL or a hockey fan in general that didn't like those games, it's bizarre to me. That that makes our league the best hockey league in the world. Those types of games make this league the best hockey league in the world. And I stand by that, that the OHL is the best hockey league in the world because of games like that. And that's just junior hockey to a that's just junior hockey to a T. And um, I just had to mention that. I know being with the Bulldogs and being around the teams, don't like mention them too much on the show, but that game was, or those games were, was incredible. And that's junior hockey. And that needs to be shouted out here. Um, that was unreal uh, to go to witness those games that very lucky to witness that this weekend. Absolutely. I would say, yeah, two of the better games we're going to see all season long uh, in the interior hockey league. So um, it is time for a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to look at the dub, the Q and the O. Should we play each other more than just the mem cup? Kind of talked about it last week, but we'll talk about it again. That conversation is next here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Let's continue the conversation. What if the OHL, the QMJHL, and the WHL played each other before we got to the Memorial Cup? Whether that be preseason showcase, an in-season tournament that would mean absolutely nothing when it comes to trophies or medals or paydays, but means a whole heck of a lot for, I, I don't know if you have bragging rights on a team in Halifax yeah. against a team in Spokane, Washington. I think the fans um, do. But, um, you know, it, it's it, it's a way to showcase players other than in the Memorial Cup. And, I mean, you've got the best teams in the Memorial Cup. You're never going to beat that. We're not saying that at all. This is to expose different players to each other, expose different teams to each other, expose different teams to other fan bases and fan bases to fan bases. Um, Colin, you have a point that you want to, you want to get to here because um, of course the NBA in season tournament is over. And while LeBron wanted it, who saw that coming? Um, (laughs) I hated that meant Yeah. It meant absolutely nothing. Cool trophy, though. I will say that. I like that trophy. Yeah. It's not the Larry Absolutely. OB, so, I mean, it's okay. But I, I like it. Um, yeah. Meant absolutely nothing. You got points, or not points. You got to win in the standings when it comes yep. to trying to make the playoffs. But is that something that works in the Ontario Hockey League? And, and Colin, we had discussed this before the show about um, 
your latest idea or latest um, proposal for this tournament. So, so yep. let's hear it. Yeah. A little three-way, a little four-way tournament here, I guess. It wouldn't be an in, an actual in-season tournament like the NBA, like to that magnitude where they literally had it go like, all right, finals and like, you know, yeah. like get through your pool finals like that, like an actual tournament. I just like how they took the points and they actually counted it for every team. I hate, I didn't like the in-season tournament idea at the start, but I get what it get. I get what it does. It brings in extra revenue, and the NBA is the NBA. It's not the OHL, obviously, or the Let, CHL for this matter. It but lets them have different courts. Exactly, it changes the game up. It changes the game. Yeah. So we talked about the reverse retros earlier. So you go in these tournaments, you have a reverse retro jersey, one different jerseys, unique jerseys, a unique theme. Obviously, not going to change the ice, but you have a unique jersey. Yep. Let's say the Vancouver Giants are one host. They host two teams from the OHL and a Q team. So, or, so, so here's my travel, right? Yeah. So here's my question for you. And I thought of this as you were kind of going um, while you were chatting there for a second. Would you want the four teams like the Mem Cup, or do you? Would you want to group three teams together from one, one, and one? That's what I was thinking, but I think you need to do four to get the teams to there and to generate that buzz and to actually be able to generate each team into certain spots. I think you have to do four. I thought about that too, the three, but then I think with four, you get the option. So in Vancouver, they would have, let's say Vancouver giants are hosting this in Langley, Vancouver hosts, let's say London and Brantford, London, Brantford, they go to Vancouver. Um, and then Halifax, I know that's a long plane, plane ride, but Halifax from the queue goes over. Mooseheads, Giants, Knights, and Bulldogs. You have that little in, you have that bubble there. Then let's say Kitchener hosts Spokane, who we love the idea with Spokane going back because we know, remember what happened in the Memorial Cup. Yeah. Um, Ruan, Aranda, and Shawinigan. Two Q teams come over. And then Ottawa and Kingston go to like Valdor and play Valdor, Ottawa, Kingston, travel. That's a bus trip there. For yep. Kingston, Ottawa, that's a bus trip. So you're saving there, and Brandon flies into Valdor. There's your bubbles. So you have these little unique little, not in-season tournaments, but you have these little crossover events, we'll call it. And I know it's a lot. It will. It's a logistic nightmare, and it will never happen like this. But I just had this written down. I was thinking, this would be the best way to grow the game. The best way to grow the game. The CHL, and I'm I'm just going to say this. There's no bad way to make a dollar when you can make a dollar like that. When you can make more <laughs> than you're spending, that's the name of the game. And financially is the name of the game for the CHL. The fans will always say things that they want, but they will not get because financials. Financially, it just won't happen. This is something to me that if you want to grow the game, and if I'm the commissioner of the CHL or the next commissioner of the Ontario Hockey League, make it happen. Call him Ward Reach to Manny 2025. Um, <laughs> um, make that happen. And this is what I am bringing to the CHL because this is something here where I think there is no better way to grow the game. And it kind of almost replaces that, not the Subway series with the Canada-Russia series, but it kind of 
generates a new buzz and it counts for your league, like how the NBA in season tournament, it counts for your league. And it's not just Gatineau, Ottawa playing, it's yeah. multiple teams playing. If Kingston went and played Gatineau along with Ottawa, or if Ottawa played Rwanda, Miranda and Kingston played Gatineau and they both switch in, um, then Ottawa played Gatineau and then Kingston played Rwanda, Miranda and switched it up. I would love that idea, but since it's one team, I don't like it. I don't care. I really don't care. I don't think any OHL fans care other than Ottawa fans and um, Gatineau fans care about that game. Yeah. But if there was multiples, automatic. If the Regina Pats came to the Budweiser Gardens or the Kitchen Memorial Auditorium last year with Connor Bedard in an in-season tournament, that would have been packed. It would have been a lot and I, I love the prospects game. Don't get me wrong. I love the prospects game, but it's a lot different when you're with your team. We saw the impact that Regina had and Connor Bedard had for that matter in the saddle dome last year in about February, when they sold that game out at the saddle dome, we saw that impact it had that to me is the reason why we need to take advantage of this in the Ontario hockey league, because next year, Michael Mesa is up there in the draft. You imagine the Saginaw spirit after hosting Memorial cup. Yeah. You know, you had that opportunity to play a team like Shawinigan, who's always this quality team in the queue. You go play a team like that or the Ramuski Oceanic, who are hosting Memorial Cup next year. You imagine that Ramuski goes to Saginaw um, and plays Flint and Saginaw, and then a team from the dub like Edmonton comes to town or Calgary comes to town? Automatic. Yep. Automatic. I think that it's, it's yes, financially it's a nightmare, but sometimes you got to spend – two dollars to make three dollars um and i just think that the the way to grow the game and because i'm telling you right now this tv package thing is a complete joke um about bell media only doing the finals i know we've been on this before oh yeah that's, ago. i know no, we've talked a, about that months ago a but that's a show yeah yeah that's a complete joke yeah so i truly believe you want to grow the game on your own because they're never going to do it they're yeah. never going to do it. Um, they're the revolving door of firing in a uh, bell media. We all know that. Um, that's I all was it a is. Victim of that. Well, that's all it is. Yeah. And I truly believe you have to do some things on your own as a league to grow because I don't think those companies are going to do anything. They don't care. That's about themselves. Um, and this is one way that the fans want to grow the game and the fans would love this. I'm telling you, like, man, like, It'd be incredible last year. You can't tell me that nobody would have watched that in Ontario if the Regina Pats were in London or in Kitchener. You can't tell me that they wouldn't have. Like, honestly, honestly, what would the views have been? I would like to see what the views were of the Kootenai, the Kootenai Peterborough game. Let's say the Kootenai Peterborough game, the Memorial Cup, or the Regina Calgary. That's a throwback. Yeah. Kootenai Ice, that's a throwback. Yeah, or Kamloops too. I meant Kamloops, sorry. But let's say Kamloops. I know what you meant. <laughs> let's say Kamloops. Let's say the Kamloops Peterborough views. What do you think was bigger? The Kamloops Peterborough views in Memorial Cup, the last round robin game or the first playoff game, I guess? Um, or a Regina Calgary game at the Saddle Dome that sold out? wonder what TSN got wow. I mean that that's kind of unfair. You play at the Saddle Dome compared to yeah, but TV league. views. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I TV guess views. yeah. That's why I said TV views because I think TV. So you imagine if you put that in middle of the season in um uh, in London or in Kitchener. Yeah, 
I just think that's a way to make, I just think that's a way to get eyes. It's, it's probably, I think it's one of the best ways to actually grow the game for the CHL brand mm-hmm. and um, really make it unique of what it is. Yeah. That's why I mentioned that. Yeah, no. And it's, it, it's a good point. Um, my thinking, and I kind of thought about this when I was at last segment, when I was looking how far it was from Montreal to Ramuski, um, about what if, like one team just did a road trip. Um, yeah. Whether it be throughout the season, whether it be preseason, whenever you want. Um, obviously, it's a whole heck of a lot easier for a Western Hockey League team to come do that in Ontario. A, not still easier for a Quebec team to come do it in Ontario, but they are still a lot closer together than Manitoba and Washington state. Um, But I've also mapped it out. You go from Prince Albert, take on the Raiders, Saskatoon, take on the blades and then finish in Regina. That is a grand total of 400 kilometers over three or four days. Yeah. Like you send, you send the London Knights to Saskatchewan and they do those three trips um, or three trips. Those, those three games Um, you could easily do that. And I think it's a shorter trip. Swift current Moose Jaw Regina or vice versa. Man. Um, I know it's, I know it's hard to do. We've got a lot of possibilities here. Yeah. Not that, you know, again, financially it's tough, but yeah, it's hard to do. It's hard to do, but it kind of makes you think that we never thought about this during COVID when we thought about it. I know this is a COVID segment waiting to happen, eh? Yeah. No, remember, remember when we had, remember when COVID one happened and we thought, well, the borders were closed, but the American teams could play. Yeah. It's funny that travel, you imagine you have like Seattle, Spokane, Portland, Saginaw, Erie, Flint. Like you do a little week. You do a week in this city, a week in that city, a week there, a week there. You can get this, you can get about 30 games in that way. I mean, it would yep. be a lot of the same teams. It'd be pretty wild, but you could do a little in-season tournament there. Winner wins the Memorial Cup that year. That'd be unique. Um, yeah. The Asterix Memorial Cup, that'd be really unique, to be honest. That'd be kind of cool. But um, it, I'm surprised we never thought about that during the more, during the COVID lockdowns and stuff when the shutdown happened. I'm surprised we never thought about this. Uh, having those teams all play and just do the flights. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, it's funny. Cause I just pulled it up. You made me think of it um, again. Um, you're giving me ideas here, Wardy. I haven't thought this much in a long time, to be honest. This is what happened today um, before the show. This is how it happened. I was writing stuff down. I was like, man, we got to do this. We got to do that. And that's why I want to talk about it again. Cause there's so much that comes up. Yeah. So, and, and this is my thinking. Cause I just thought of it now. I'm like, so the tournament is in Michigan. When was the last time we saw more than one American team in a Memorial Cup? Because as we stand right now in the Western Conference in the WHL, Portland is tied for fourth uh, with Victoria, um, 38 points. Of course, Portland being in the States, in um, Portland, Oregon. Uh, Everett Silver Tips are ahead of them by two points. Talking about Everett, Washington. And then the newest not a new franchise, but a new city. Um, and I'm probably going to botch this name. Um, it's Wenatchee, isn't it? Yep. Wenatchee Wild um, are in second. So you have three American teams in the top yeah. four right now in the West. 
And, and, and again, that, that got me thinking, um, who's in first? It is Prince George. No, no this would be the first. Yeah. Because like you, you think about it, when has that ever happened? You've seen Seattle there. Um, you know, you've seen, I'm trying to, you've seen a number of, but it would have to be, it would have to be an American host like this. Yeah, it would, it would absolutely have to be, unless you have the Firebirds, Otters and, and Spirit, one of those teams be unreal. And then another team, um, you know, obviously it'd be tough in, in Quebec to get more than one American team there. It, it really is. If it's the O or out West where it has yeah. been held before um, in America, that'd be a whole heck of a lot easier. And I'm wondering in a world, what social media will look like if we get more than one American team in there, because uh, it might go <laughs> bonkers. Um, imagine we get oh, three Spokane. one, one year, two from the O if one's hosting or two from the dub, if one's hosting. Oh, I think I got it. Or actually, no, the dub wouldn't, Double actually would it. work out. There would that would if a host um or even in the OHL that wouldn't happen. I'm just trying to think because they're in all in the same conference. So Thank if they're hosting, the Eastern Conference team would get in. So ignore that point. But um still you could get two teams, um, two American teams in a tournament. That'd be Yeah. That'd be different. Yeah. Well, we never mind. It's not there. Uh I'm looking through at what every team that's host. And what American teams have hosted the Memorial Cup? Just Seattle. Just Seattle. Only, and yeah, it's only happened once. Yeah. Excuse me. Yes, and that's so. Yeah, that would be the first time. Yep. Um, this would be the first time that's ever happened. So I was thinking Plymouth, but Vancouver, uh, Medicine Hat that year in the dub. The year Plymouth went in two thousand seven. But yeah, this would be the first. That's cool. That's unique um, to see this happen. Um, that would be really cool to see. Uh, and you don't want to talk about growing the game. Uh, yeah. That would do it for sure. Yeah, and I'm just trying to pull up when they hosted it. Oh, my God. There was a Memorial Cup in 1947 where Winnipeg, Moose Jaw, and Regina hosted. That's, That's hilarious. Cool, hey? And Where then are we involved? 1951, the Barry Flyers, Winnipeg Monarchs, in the finals in a tournament that took place in Toronto, Barry, and Quebec City. <laughs> hey, if they can do that travel, they can do the uh they can do this maybe. Oh yeah. Because back then that'd have been travels like this that we're talking about and they made yeah. it work. Um St. Catharines teepees um were Memorial Cup champions when it was held in St. Catharines in Toronto. Uh had the Hamilton Red Wings win in nineteen sixty two when the tournament was held in Hamilton, Guelph, and Kitchener. Uh, yeah. N- Niagara Falls Flyers winning when it was in Niagara Falls in Montreal. Kind of Paul odd, Henderson was on that Hamilton kind of team. An odd pair. Yeah, I believe he was. Yeah. So I yeah, mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it, and it's interesting to go through all of these, um, through all these years. And oh yeah, when did they host? When did they host? You know, also, you know what's really cool too about that Reese, that Niagara Falls Flyers team in 1968. Mm-hmm. Partner team, partner clubs, the Boston Bruins, 1960 to 67. You forget about the partner clubs too back then, back then the OHA days when it was, yeah. you could have those partner clubs like that. And uh, that's pretty cool. The Boston Bruins as well. You saw that F, but it had like the Boston logo and instead of the B, it's the F and then Niagara Falls around it. And yeah. I wonder why it was, I wonder why it's four stars instead of five stars on the logo. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's interesting. It's four stars to five stars back then in the 60s. It is for the Leafs because they come out in the second round every or the first or second round now. So <laughs> they don't have five stars. <laughs> oh, my. You knew I had to get that in there because, hey, that was after the Leafs won the Cup in 1967. Oh, there you go. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right. So. Um, we solved it. Yeah, we, we we always solved it. What do you mean? Of course we did. <laughs> Absolutely. A thousand percent. We solve everything, Colin. That's where the effect comes in. Yep. Like the effect that OHL hockey would be played in Brantford. That was all us. Big time. So, uh, all right. Um, let's get to games upcoming this weekend. Um, or actually, looks like two teams. Sorry, I just drew a blank. So, 1992, Seattle hosted the the Memorial Cup. Who was in it? Looks so. Looks like Portland hosted in '86. Seattle hosted in '92. Okay. Which, there you go. Okay, all right, uh, Wardy, you can you can kick us off here. Who are you looking at uh, for the upcoming weekend? Um, to you know, head into Christmas. You know what? This week, um, it's an interesting game to me. It's it's Friday night in Kingston, Niagara, Kingston. I want to see now a week now Niagara Flores. You're the guy. It's a clear one A in Flores, and then a two A. Yeah. In Burns right now, you know Flores is a starter. Um, to me, I want to see how I want to know how Niagara looks, and it's a game that Kingston desperately has to win. Because I'm telling you right now, if Kingston doesn't start to win, they're going to be sellers at the deadline. I think for their coaching staff, the new coaching staff that they have in place, I think it makes perfect sense for them to sell and go to their way for the future. So this is kind of a team here where you're teetering on it. If you don't have a good week this week, it's in trouble. So I think these are two desperate hockey teams that are going to be sellers or buyers after this week. This is the game where it can kind of give you that confidence. If you're Niagara and you beat them, you have that confidence, right? And that's a game where both teams, it's a playoff game for before the break. Mm -hmm. That's a game to watch to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, For me, I mean, how do you choose? Yeah. Honestly, like it's, man. Um, I mean, I think Sue's trip's big, not even just one game, their trip, because they get Kitchener and Guelph um, in, in the same weekend, not going to 15th and 16th. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is a game, this is a weekend where you're just like, let's just sit back and watch. Um, yep. Because you've got numerous, not only storylines, but just big opportunities for certain teams to to move up, certain teams to unfortunately move down from not winning. So um, it's it's yeah for me, I I like those two Sioux games, Kitchener Guelph, but um, there's a lot to pick from. Absolutely, and here's the one question too. I think going into this weekend, before we got to end things here in the power rankings. Do you think there's going to be more desperation this week due to we're a month away from the deadline, a month yesterday um, from the deadline? Do you think there's going to be more desperation this week? Because think about it. You got 11 days off before the games resume. And then when you resume on the 27th or 28th, whenever the league resumes, you're basically at the trade deadline. Then you're two weeks away. Like we're a last week show away from the trade deadline being today. You know, so like that's not a lot of time when you think about it. Um, 
you got to know what your team is. I think going into next week, we already know we're buying and selling events. You already know that. Um, so I just think that it's just going to get more desperate. And I think the desperation level for those teams on the bubble to show who they are, especially looking at the Eastern Conference, these teams need to be good. If they're not good, you're going to see a lot of teams buy, sell, um, and know their franchise after this weekend in the two, three games that they play. Those are desperate games and a lot of in-conference games as well that are massive for their uh, respective clubs. Yeah. Uh, all right, Wardy. Yeah, let's hit the power rankings here. Um, biggest mover of the uh, of the week happens to be uh, the Brantford Bulldogs who move up four spots. We'll get to that in just a second here. Um, so number 16, Kingston Frontenacs go down one spot. Oshawa moves up to 15, uh, Flint Firebirds with the biggest drop of the week. Jeez. I definitely sounded like spider Harrison on Sirius XM with that one. Um, <laughs> flat <laughs> Flint moves down six spots to number 14. Uh, Owen sound does not move. They're the 13th seed. Erie doesn't move either. They're number 12. Peterborough down two spots to number 11. Uh, Brantford Bulldogs move up to 10 where, A, they started the season, um, and this is the highest that they have been um, throughout the power rankings. Uh, London Knights up two spots to number nine. Sudbury up two spots as well to number eight. Guelph down three to number seven. Mississauga down one to six. North Bay up two to five. Ottawa up two to four. Kitchener does not move. They are number three. Saginaw falls out of the number one spot. They are two. And the Sioux Greyhounds up hey. number one. That's my effect. One. That's your That's, effect there, Wardy. Yeah. Said that for last two, and they're still there. Yeah, I love that. Um, Four in a row, right, for Sioux. Uh, that's a team that's nasty. Um, But to have Kitchener drop to three is kind of ridiculous to me. I mean, they've gotten points in eight straight games. They're thirteen higher. They're thirteen points higher than Saginaw. Yeah, um, like so. I mean, and anyways, um, let let let's get to ours here, Colin. Um, who do you have as your as your number five seed? Five. I have a tie. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And I think because of the two hottest teams right now in the Eastern Conference, um, the Brantford Bulldogs and the Sudbury Wolves. Sudbury has points in their last five, Branford in their last two. Branford's been the best team in the Eastern Conference over the last ten. Um, I think tie for five, Sudbury slash Branford. I think just the way they've played, I think the way that they've played, both these teams are playing hot. I think realistically the closer to the five spots, Sudbury, but mm-hmm. it's just a tie right now. They both look really good, and they're both playing their best hockey, so both teams should be rewarded in the five spot. No, that's fair. Um, yeah, like you said, they've been really good of late. Um, Sudbury's power play has definitely been way better. Um, yeah, so that's, that's the thing that keeps it different. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the leading factors there. Uh, number five for me, uh, the Ottawa 67s, um, a seven, two and one team in their last 10. Yeah. Um, you know, goal differential. I like it's, it's in single digits, but still you've only given up 83 goals. Um, so far this season, which is best in the Eastern Conference, um, actually best in the league. My apologies, best in the league. Um, and that kind of shows you why Denosa was OHL goaltender of the week. Um, as well as McKenzie, we've seen seen him play play very well. So uh, that's why they sneak into the number five for me is either past 10, but also 
how well their goaltenders have played. Um, and we're still looking at a team that has less than 10 regulation losses. So I think that's, that's pretty important uh, as well. Absolutely. And how, how would that playoff series be if it was Mississauga, Ottawa, James Richmond, Dave Cameron systems Man. going against each other. That'd be, <laughs> that would be an interesting I, series. Eh? I was going to say, I'd be in for that. Uh, Mississauga's I, I think is better offensively where, I mean, goals against, they're pretty similar. Mississauga's only given up three more. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think, and I think you give the advantage to Ottawa and net because you have a 16 and 17 year old um, in the blue paint for the steelheads. Exactly. So yeah, that, that is. That'd be an interesting that, one. Interesting. And I would say pretty even Ottawa, Mississauga. So yeah, it'd be weird. Yeah, um, if if I were to have a tie, it'd be those two for five. Um, but I, I like yep. the last ten for Ottawa a little bit better. Yep, my four spots Ottawa, um, seven two and one as you mentioned. I mean the team, they did they're a good hockey club. They're well structured. They're starting to learn their system. They're starting to know their identity, which is a big thing. I think with Ottawa, you didn't know what their identity was. You didn't know what they were. They didn't. They weren't established. It took them a while here. They're still not. 100% established hockey club, yeah. but you're starting to see what they want to play like and really mold in that Dave Cameron system. I think that's kind of the team that other than Sudbury that you're kind of shocked got off to the start that they did, because I think you expected them to get on a roll here. Like not like last year, cause last year was incredible, mm-hmm. but not to that magnitude, but something in the lines of maybe like eight and two to start the season, in the first 10 games, just with the way this team's goaltending is and the way their lineup kind of is on paper, you kind of thought this team could kind of make a little bit of a run here early yep. um, and see what they could do. But that just never happened. And they get hot and then they get cold. So now you're starting to see them get hot. So now let's see if they can establish that in this weekend. That's another team of it of all 20 teams. Every team has a big weekend, but they have a long weekend this weekend in Ottawa where they desperately have to get wins. And we saw that this weekend, right? We saw that they lose at home. Ottawa against Peterborough, but then they go win that game in Peterborough. That's just been the Ottawa 67 season so far. Yeah. The games you expect them to win, they lose. And the games you think, well, maybe they won't win that one. They do. So it's kind of interesting what Ottawa is, um, but they, def- they definitely have to play better at home and they um, have to keep it going. But to me, they're the four spot. They've been good enough to be four. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the Owen Sound Attack who are eight and two in the last 10. And I thought yep. maybe deserved up to move up a couple of spots in the, in the power rankings, because they've also won their last two games um, and a team operating with less than a hundred goals allowed so far this season, where most teams are starting to get over that, uh, that century mark. But um, the, the number four team, I, I, I still have the London Knights. I still think they're a top five team in the Ontario hockey league. Um, you're under 500 in your last 10. Um, but the biggest test for them is uh they're missing three yeah very good players um now and i'm and i'm not saying that guys are going to for sure get get sent back not make team canada it, it's a possibility they have a chance so, um you know with london i think it's um a who comes back if anybody and if nobody does You're well you you got to Scratch find a way. claw for points. So Michael they're, they're, Simpson. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're yeah. gonna have to be good. Big time. Um, they're still four for me. I still their power play and penalty kill is among the best in the Ontario Hockey League, which keeps them up there. Um, so so they're number they're in the number four spot for me. 
So London, so here's London's schedule quickly over the break. They come yep. back on the 28th at home and home. They used to always do on New Year's, New Year's Day with the Sarnia Sting. The 28th, the Thursday is in um, Sarnia, London, Sarnia. And then Friday at home in London at Budweiser Gardens against Sarnia, the 29th. Then it is the 31st against Flint at home in the New Year's Eve game. And then Wednesday, January 3rd at home against Erie. So a lot of home games at least. Yeah. And then honestly, that January 5th game against Barry. So Barry, Erie, Flint, and uh, Sarnia are the teams that they would play while those guys are out. Those are games that they're still probably favored to win. Erie will be tough. Big Erie's time. played well against them this year. Sarnia Former Sting goalie kind of knows how they play. Yeah, and honestly, Sarnia is not a terrible team as well. Yeah. Sarnia, Sarnia works hard, man. Sarnia is a hard-working team. Um, they definitely work hard. I like a couple guys on that team um, who work their butts off. But that, to me, though, are games that, well, kind of get lucky in the schedule, to be honest. You might, if they played Kitchener or Sault Ste. Marie over that time, do they have a chance? It'll be you tough. Know? Like, yeah, like, Kitchener's in a good spot. Kitchener's going to lose guys, but not like that. Yeah. Um, so I just think that if there's a team that's going to suffer the most out of the, the world junior losing guys to the world juniors, it's London, yeah. but they got lucky with the schedule. They did get lucky with the schedule here yeah, over the yeah. world juniors. Absolutely. Uh, Colin Ward, number three team for you. Three to me, the Saginaw spirit, um, eight and two in their last 10, 34.8% of the power play lights out. Um, they're playing well, special teams, uh, one, one, one. Second spirit or my three seed. I, I'm with you on that, and I'm not really going to go through why you kind of went through it. Those are the same points I'm going to touch on. I mean, 34% on the power plays nasty. Um, <laughs> they, yeah, they've been so good. And again, one of one of six teams to still be with less than 10 regulation losses. And I think that's big as you head into Christmas. If you can have less than 10 regulation losses, I would yeah. say you're a pretty damn good team. So yep, you find a um, way to get those points, right? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, Saginaw, I've got them at uh, uh, at number three as well. And Colin Ward, the top two. Who's number two? Two to me, it stays the same. My top three stays the same this week, Reese. I'm going with the Kitchener Rangers at two. I love Kitchener. They're a really good team. If I could do a tie for one, it would be. It's very close. Um, but Kitchener to me is the two seed. Yeah, it's just mine stay the same as well. Um, and that's with Suet too. Um, you know, they got to 20 wins. Um, and I think we had this discussion last week about how many teams we thought we were gonna get to 20. Um, I think I I think I said Saginaw will get there. That might be tough now. Um, yeah. so it Ooh, might it just look like Kitchener and Sue heading into Christmas with the, the two teams with 20 wins. But um, I mean, yeah, there there's still a lot to like about Sue four and oh or They've won four in a row, seven, one, and two in their past 10. Um, power play is lower than Kitchener and a lot lower than Saginaw. Um, however, the penalty kill kind of makes up for it at 83.3%. So very talented, like we talked about off the top. That That's a team of men that's just going to get stronger after Christmas, heading towards the trade deadline on uh, on the 10th of January. So um, Sue, number two for me, it stays the same. Um, which means Sue's number one for you. Yep. Yeah. Sue's number one for me. Um, absolutely. It's three weeks in a row now with Sue. Sue just hasn't dropped the ball for me. I like their team. And ever, Sue is a team that I watch and it's like jaw dropping. They don't have any flaws in that, in the game, in the two games I saw them play this year. It's like, that was a perfect road game. And both games are on the road. It's hard to get to Sue St. Marie. So it's like, yeah. um, it to just me, it's wild. Was, Mike Stubbs's video, no snow in the Sioux. 
What? That's rare. Like, wow. You caught it on a good week. It's probably today. It could be snowing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weatherman. Yeah. We should do a weather report for OHL cities that week. Man. Get the report, the seven day forecast to end the show. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> That'd be funny. That would be Remember so our traffic funny. reports going into the TSN studios? Yeah. Terrible. Oh, I awful. Gave so it 10. I'd never give it 10. No. If you give if you nine's my 10, because if you give a 10, I mean, what's going to top it? Nothing. Yep. That's yep. never the case. Absolutely. Um. So, yeah. Because kitchen. Jay's always teasing, never pleasing. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh Kitchener Rangers still number one for me. Three more wins than the team behind you. Six more points. Um, you've scored oh math. Uh 26 more goals than the team that's behind you. The next closest team having 132 goals scored, being the Sioux Greyhounds. Kitchener scored 158. Um I they blew a 4-1 lead to Brantford Saturday, but I mean that. Those were two games that you're like, like you said, Colin, it's junior hockey. Like, that's just something yep. that happened. Kitchener did it to Brantford the night before, and it, it's just one thing that happened. So, Kitchener, I mean, I still still like the way they play. They have, they have points in their last eight games. Um, they're they're very good. And the fact that Brustevich is sticking around, um, it's probably going to keep them at one or at least in the top two, top three the rest of the season for me. So Yeah, oh yeah for sure. All right, that's where we will end off here on this edition of the OHL and 60 podcast, which, by the way, I would like to mention this will be the fifth time the United States will be hosting the Memorial Cup. I wanted to get it right because I wasn't 100% sure when I said it originally. Portland has hosted in 1983 and 1986. Seattle has hosted in 1992. And Spokane hosted the year we were born, Morty, 1998. So, um, Saginaw adds themselves to the list and will be tournament number five to take place south uh, of the border. Absolutely. Everybody, again, appreciate it every single week, everybody tuning in. Um, And a big week coming up. Hope you enjoyed the show. We will have one more show before we break for for the holidays and and get ready for the the World Juniors, which happens next week, our World Juniors preview show. Um, juniors as we get ready canada's roster will be will be finalized they'll be getting ready for the tournament they'll be getting ready to travel if they haven't traveled by then by the time we chat um and we will look at ohlers who are going to make an impact not just on team canada but on the other teams as well so we appreciate it every single week and we hope you enjoy the final weekend of the ontario hockey league before we hit the christmas break um thanks again For Colin Ward, I'm Reese Dumaney. Hope you enjoy the week, the weekend, and we will chat again in seven days.